Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Laker fans, thank you very much for tuning in. Another edition of Lakers Talk here as we're getting a little bit closer to NBA free agency. Uh, we got the draft coming up as well. Lakers obviously have a second round pick. So we got a lot to get into tonight. Some kind of some interesting topics. Um, Kyrie Irving potentially to the Los Angeles Lakers. I want to kind of go along some of those reports that we're hearing out of Brooklyn. Uh, Darvin Ham last week was with Rich Eisen, uh, was on the Rich Eisen show and talked about what he's hoping for from Russell Westbrook this upcoming season. I just don't know if it's realistic or not. Um, and then, you know, a few other things. We'll put a, a, a bow on the NBA Finals. Celtics obviously don't get championship number 18, so both squads in at number 17. How happy I was about that. The Golden State Warriors, what they've built in this dynasty. They had their uh, parade earlier today, and Trevor Lane from Lakers Nation will join the show as well uh, in a little bit as well. So we got a lot to get into. Let, let's start off with this Kyrie uh, situation in Brooklyn. So, um, by the way, if you want to be a part of the show at, uh, at Alan Sliwa, you could always hit me on Twitter. So th- this is why I want to start with this. I-, I want to kind of preface a couple things and I want to set this up properly of what's going on in Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving and why this could potentially tie in with the Lakers. So Kyrie's got to make a decision by June 29th. He has a deadline on his $36. million option, player option, for next season. Um, the conversation, supposedly, that Kyrie's having with the Brooklyn Nets have become stagnant. And I don't know all the exact reasons, but I was reading this article, Sham Sharani of The Athletic. Uh, Travis and I talked about it a little bit this morning. And I think the conversation's interesting. Let me tell you why it gets interesting. Um, we know Kyrie Irving... And I think it's it's something of this over the last couple of years or in three seasons with Brooklyn, he's played in a hundred of three hundred and three of 216 regular season games. So that says obviously a lot right there. When the season ended and they got swept by the Boston Celtics, he talked about how he doesn't plan on going anywhere. The problem is with Kyrie, um, he's just not at these games. Now, I know last season was very unique, did not get the vaccine vaccination. He had to comply with New York City's vac- uh, vaccine mandate, and because he didn't, he couldn't play in these games. Couldn't play in games that were in Brooklyn or New York, and that obviously affected how many games he was going to play in the regular season. Um, I don't know what kind of extension that uh, Kyrie's looking for in Brooklyn. I have no idea. Um, but uh, what I will say, just to kind of line up with KD's contract, KD's contract goes through 2025-2026 in Brooklyn. So in this article of The Athletic, it talked about how things are stagnant right now, the conversation and the dialogue with Kyrie and the Brooklyn Nets. And I don't know if that's both sides. I don't know if it's Brooklyn that's like, look, you've been on this squad for a couple years now. We don't have all the confidence in the world that your number one priority is NBA basketball. So maybe that's part of their hesitation. I don't know all the details. But I know this this reporter, this article says that the Lakers, the Knicks – and the Clippers are expected to be among the interested suitors if Irving heads elsewhere. So let me play this Laker portion out here real quick. 
The Lakers are in an interesting position. A couple weeks ago, Darvin Ham was introduced as the new head coach of the Lakers. We know what he's taken over. He's taken over a franchise that has all their money in three guys. LeBron James, who will be 38 next year, I think, uh, you know, at some point in December. Maybe it's the end of December, I think, when he turns 38. He'll be in his 20th year in the NBA. You got Anthony Davis, who's played less than 50% of the games the last two seasons. AD, it is fair to say, has not been reliable as far as being available over the last couple of years. And really, throughout his career, it's not like he's A.C. Green and the Iron Man or something along those lines. And then you have Russ, who is in the final year of his contract, who was clearly, clearly an awful fit with the Lakers. The Lakers were not, you know, 16 games below 500 just because of Russ, but Russ was not, I think, what they envisioned. I'm sure it's not what Russ envisioned, and it's definitely not what Laker fans envisioned. That's what the Lakers are walking into this upcoming season. Russ is, you know, there's no question about it. I think everybody agrees he's going to eventually opt into that $47 million that he's going to be owed this upcoming year, and the Lakers have been pretty adamant at least the last couple of weeks that Russ is going to be a part of the franchise and they don't want to give up draft compensation. And Darvin Ham uh, talked about how uh, he envisions Russ fitting in with the Lakers and he's one of the greatest players to ever play the game. So the Lakers are doing their their part, whether that's just lobbying to make it look like they want to keep Russ or maybe it's realistically going to just – it's going to be the case because they're not going to give up any draft compensation – Whatever the case is, that's the Lakers situation going into next year. So I read the article. The Lakers expect it to be some of the you know suitors that would be interested. Well, of course, you cannot make a trade for Kyrie Irving, and I think the way the Lakers would have to do it have to be a sign-in trade is the way that they'd have to do it. You can't do that without having Russ's contract a part of the mix. So the Lakers would have to, the article says, they'd have to send anywhere from $29 million to $46 million uh, to the Nets and or have a third team in a legal transaction is the best way that it was described. So I was mentioning this to Travis this morning, and I think this is the perfect time as we chat about it here on Lakers Talk. If I just asked you, knowing what you already know, knowing what Russ, LeBron, and Anthony Davis looked like together last year, knowing that they played 21 games together and they were 11 and 10, knowing that Russ is the type of player that it seems like for him to be successful as he has been throughout his career, um, he's got to have the ball in his hands, got to be really the quarterback. He's the one that's going to be pushing tempo. All those things that makes Russ what has been such a successful Hall of Fame career, averaging triple doubles, doing things that nobody's ever done in the NBA as far as how many triple doubles um, he's had over the, the the course of his career. Is it safe to say that what Russ's strengths are just didn't fit with LeBron and Anthony Davis, period? That Russ's skill set as the NBA, um, as it has become more of a jump-shooting league, when LeBron's got the ball and when teams are trying to figure out what's the one thing that we are okay with letting the Lakers do, it's typically, well, let Russ shoot a jumper. Let Russ try to hit a 22-footer or an 18-footer. Or if Russ gets to the basket, uh, just try to you know put a hand in his face and take your chances with how Russ finishes on the offensive end. And, oh, by the way, on the other end, it's not like Russ was a top-five defender in the league or anything along those lines. Take the skill set Kyrie has. Kyrie is a arguably the best one-on-one scorer in the NBA. 
you need a bucket, I'm going to go get a bucket. Uh, he can hit 15-footers. He could get to the basket, finish with his left, finish with his right. He can also hit 18-footers, 22-footers. He ain't afraid of the moment. It's kind of what Kyrie Irving does, but the problem with Kyrie is he's not available. At least since he's been with the Brooklyn Nets, I read it off. Whatever that stat is, 100 and what I say, 103. He's appeared in 103 of 216 regular season games. So one guy like Russ who's there all the time, Kyrie, a much more skilled basketball player who I think would fit pretty damn good with LeBron James because we've already seen it. They won a championship together and would also fit pretty damn good with Anthony Davis because now you got to pick your poison. And it seems like that would th those three players would really complement each other. If this is a conversation about who would you rather have between Russ and Kyrie and all the baggage that comes with Kyrie – and you're not sure how many regular season games Kyrie's going to be a part of, and you're not 100% sure if that vaccine mandate that we had last season, is that going to come back to next season, and what are the COVID numbers going to look like, and will, will arenas go back to their old rules? If you're asking me, would you rather take your chances with Kyrie or Russ, it is truly, truly not even a conversation for me. I take my chances with Kyrie Irving all the baggage that comes with it. I just saw enough with Russ, and I've seen LeBron and Kyrie already do it together, and that's not me trying to tell you that Kyrie's a perfect player because he's not, but damn is his skill set as good as it is as anyone in the NBA, and I don't need to see a repeat of Russ, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. I already saw it. So that that's my personal opinion on that one. And there's some other teams that are you know supposedly in the mix here. Uh, by the way, if you have thoughts on this, um, hit me up on Twitter at Alan Sliwa. But there's some other teams that would supposedly be in the mix, a team like the Knicks. They would try to do whatever they can. They'd have to offload some salaries uh, to get there. And I think the, you know, I think ultimately what it stands like for me, the Clippers is another team that would be in the mix. The Clippers are the team I think that's a bigger question mark of do you stop building what you've built over these last couple of years? Because – let me explain the Clippers in a nutshell. Kawhi Leonard obviously has to be healthy. Paul George obviously has to be healthy if they got a legitimate chance going to a championship. But damn, do they have some role players. Norman Powell's a nice player. Marcus Morris, a good player. Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann. They got some really, really good young players. Um, Amir Coffey was having a, you know, I know he's incredibly young as well. They got some really good role players. So I think, you know, the the situation for the Lakers is so much different for the Clippers. I think for the Clippers, you can make a legitimate case. It's better to have those role players than Kyrie because you got enough star power in Kawhi and PG. The problem is, is you know, those guys got to be healthy. So I think that one, the Clippers are more of a situation where, um, yeah, you would have three incredible players, but do you have enough role players to kind of round it all up? Um, and they have contracts that are more favorable, $11 million to $17 million, I think are some of those contracts. So they, I think they have to give up two, maybe three of those contracts in order to make it happen. Um, and maybe that's of interest to Brooklyn, but the Laker one I don't even think is a question. Like I, the, the Laker one is the one that I kind of sit here like I, I don't really know really what the conversation would be in regards to um, in regards to – Russ or Kyrie, I would take my chances all day long, especially like we said, you know, long-term, short-term deal. I, I still think the Lakers are in the short-term window right now where they're, 
They got stuff here with LeBron. What they do post LeBron, that's a completely different era. So I'm not, I guess, just not paying as much attention to what happens after uh, LeBron James. But keep an eye out on this Kyrie thing. I will say this: if you if you said, "Hey Al, what do you think is going to happen to Kyrie?" I think he's going to resign in Brooklyn. I think it's common that you have discussions and conversations when players are getting close to figuring out what they're going to do. But I, I got a feeling that Kyrie is going to stay in Brooklyn. They'll keep trying to build something over there. Uh, you know, Ben Simmons is obviously a part of that roster as well. We'll see what happens. I think Vegas, from an odds perspective, have Brooklyn still top three to go win an NBA championship next year. So Vegas still believes that um, they're going to figure it out and that Kyrie would be a part of that team. But the, the article from uh, Shams in The Athletic, if you're asking for the Lakers – Kyrie or Russ, it ain't much of a conversation from my perspective. A couple things I want to do when we come back. I saw kind of an interesting story here about how the Lakers could be targeting another star type of player in the NBA. Um, the strategy of whether it makes sense to go after another star player or does it make more sense to have role players like you did a couple years ago when you won a championship, we'll get a chance to do that. Plus, I want to talk about Darvin Ham when uh, he was on the Rich Eisen show and some of the things that he's expecting from Russ, are they realistic or not? I'll tell you what I'm talking about coming up next. Stay right here. I appreciate you guys part, uh, being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. As I always mention, uh, if you miss any part of the show, download the ESPN LA app. We've got our own little channel, channel there, Lakers Talk. And uh, we certainly put all our content there. So if you miss any part of the show, you could feel free to do that. I'll throw this up on YouTube as well. So uh, the folks up uh, at YouTube has got the show as well. So a um, couple things here that I mentioned, and I, I spent some time on um, the conversation about what happens with Kyrie Irving and the Lakers potentially being a suitor if uh, Brooklyn doesn't resign him and some type of a sign-and-trade. Um, the other name that I saw over the weekend – and I thought this was interesting. Uh, Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer. I'm, I'm going to read exactly what he said, because this is one of my favorite players in the NBA that I think is caught with one of the worst franchises in the NBA. So I'll, I'll explain it as best as I can. Um, this is Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer says, the one name that I've heard recently is Bradley Beal, is a guy they want. He's talking about the Lakers. I'm not sure the interest is as mutual. Beal, it seems Miami would be more of the threat to take him away from Washington. I don't think you can rule out Boston either because of his relationship with Jason Tatum. But the Lakers are trying to angle for some moves like that. Use the Russ expiring contract and the 2027 and 2029 first round picks that the Lakers have. You guys know my stance on this. Um, I've always said that, wait, the Lakers have been going all in now for how long? Basically been going all in for the last four years. And you're going to tell me they're, they're going to stop at a 2027 first rounder? Come on now. Um, I'm not buying it. 
that that's if the Lakers felt like they can go out and make a trade that's going to put them back in the conversation of competing for an NBA championship in this LeBron window I think they're going to do it whatever the hell it takes why do I think that because they've been doing whatever it takes for the last four years since LeBron became a Los Angeles Laker and not all of them have obviously worked and some of them have you traded for Anthony Davis you cash in a championship right away uh the following year you decided certain role players you weren't going to bring back and you went out and got Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder and uh, and and Marcus Saul and Wesley Matthews. That one didn't work, but that one didn't work because of the role players that you went out and got. That one didn't work primarily just because Anthony Davis wasn't healthy, and you'll never really know if those were the right role players to go get. And then, of course, we know the one that didn't work. That was Russ. So the Lakers every single year have gone all in, and I, I've never felt like they were going to stop at a 2027 first-round pick. And if Ke- if what Kevin O'Connor is saying here is true, then I think part of my belief um, is accurate in the sense that the Lakers are still shopping around and seeing what they could go get. I'm not saying go, t- go trade the 2027 and the 2029 for nothing. I'm not saying go make a trade just so Russ is off your books. No, I'm, I'm obviously talking about if you can go get a significant player or significant role players to come fill in for the Lakers, then you go do it. That's my belief on it. In this article, that's the, you know, that's the cream of the crop. Bradley Beal is on a short list of really, really good NBA players. He's not a top five player in the league. He's not Giannis or Embiid or Jokic or, uh, you know, KD or Steph. But Bradley Beal is almost as good as it gets in the NBA. Do I think Bradley Beal is going to end up with the Lakers? No, I don't. Is there some history between the Lakers and the Washington Wizards? Yeah, there is. That's where they traded Kuz and KCP. And obviously, Russ came to the Lakers based off of that deal. And the Washington Wizards, um, you know, they, they capitalized, I guess, is the best way they could put it. They got rid of Russ's deal, got a couple role players in return. And for the Lakers at, they t- at that time, it felt like the right thing to do. And it didn't pan out. It didn't work. But the Bradley Beal piece, I'm paying less attention to the player. I'm paying more attention to, is this the the philosophy of going out and getting another star player? Um, This is why it's different to me than when people say, you don't need another star player. Damn it, just go get role players. You won a championship with LeBron and Anthony Davis and role players. I get that argument. But it's the right star that you feel like fits with those two guys that you say to yourself, no, 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 it's worth it. Or it's the right star that you feel like can be part of the Lakers even after LeBron James decides to hang it up That's that that kind of leans me towards the other way. And Bradley Beal is one of those guys. Um, I spent most of the show so far talking about two players that probably won't be Lakers. Kyrie, that conversation, I think he stays with, uh, with the Brooklyn Nets. Bradley Beal probably more dangerous that he ends up with another team like the Miami Heat or the Boston Celtics, which, by the way, is incredibly dangerous if one of those teams get him. But just to kind of listen to that conversation of Kevin O'Connor or the Ringer, I thought was uh, I certainly thought was interesting. Um, hit me on Twitter, by the way, if you got some thoughts on that. If you got some thoughts on the idea and the concept of going after a another star player, but a star player that you think will fit and will complement what LeBron and AD does, or 
if uh, it, it's more important to just go round up your roster with more role players. And by the way, I could be wrong in all this, and I'll tell you why. I mentioned on the Rich Eisen show, um, Darvin Ham was on there, and he kind of had an honest conversation about Russ and his role with the Lakers, and that's just assuming he's still with the Lakers by the time training camp starts. I'm going to read off a quote here. I challenged him, and he accepted the challenge. That's part of the word, sacrifice, we use. And being able to move him around in different spaces on the floor as we go back on the offensive end, sometimes he's going to be off the ball slashing. Sometimes he's going to, be in, uh, he's going to play in the dunker. Sometimes he's going to be initiating things. He may post up a little bit. He may be a screener in pick and rolls. So being able to diversify his plan of attack when he's not – uh, rushing, not just rushing the ball up the court, facing three defenders every time and having to put his, like I said in the press conference, run to the telephone booth and put their capes on. He's talking about all those players. And then he goes on to talk about how the type of defender that he wants Russ to be. Guys, this is the best way that I can describe it. Um, Russ last year played, I want to say, 78 games for, or he started in 78, played 78 games for the Lakers. His averages was 18-7-7, and which I think is actually a good average. I think if you'd have told me that's what Russ, um, that's what he averaged for the Lakers and you really had no idea what it was going to look like when he was on the floor, I'd have taken those numbers. I would have thought, wow, if he's getting 18-7-7, and and you know Bron's going to get his, you know AD's going to get his, but a lot of those games for Russ was with one of those star players being out. Um, I hear what Darvin Ham is trying to say. I hear the concept and the idea. The question comes down to, do you believe Russ can do it? Not, not, not I kind of want to make sure that I say this right. I think Russ, if he's on this Lakers franchise next season, for the start next season, I really think he's going to try not just accept the challenge like Darvin Ham mentioned, he's going to try to deliver what Darvin Ham wants. I feel like he's going to be all in. Like I don't I don't I almost don't question any of that stuff. The question more for me is can he still at this stage of his career be that player? Can he be a really good defender on the ball? Can he be a a player that sacrifices more on the defensive side than he does on the offensive end? Can he be a player that's effective off the ball? Can he be a player that understands, hey, um, I'm going to, even though at his age and at this stage of his career, that he could still be effective? I don't have that answer. And I don't know how optimistic I am that he can be that player. You know, sometimes they say faith, right? Faith is um, believe it first before you see it. I almost, with Russ, I got to see it first to believe it. (laughs) It's the opposite. It's the opposite of faith. But that's how I feel about that. I, I feel like, you know, this conversation that we're having right now and we're going to continue to have in the offseason, if Russ is a part of the Lakers, I get what you want Russ to be. But I'm not sure if Russ can still be that player in the league. I'm not sure that Russ is, you know, the guy that we can all look at and and speak confidently about and say, yeah, he still has – he can still be that player. He could still be the guy that is uh, – Um, an incredible, incredible key asset to a franchise, especially like the Lakers already have LeBron and and, and, uh, Anthony Davis. So I don't have that answer, but I I thought that was interesting from from Darvin Ham when he was on with Rich Eisen. One other thing I want to hit on real quick, 
on this uh, on this interview with Rich Eisen. He also did talk about Anthony Davis, who I still think is the most important player on this Lakers roster. Um, Russ gets a lot of heat because the fit didn't work. But the reality is if Anthony Davis plays less than half the games in the regular season, then the Lakers will continue to go nowhere. Um, there was uh, there was you know some conversation last week about AD, how committed is he? You know, we, we did that whole thing. And, and, and Darvin Ham kind of addressed this. I'm going to read off something what he said. He said, I feel the exact opposite. And he's talking about um, how Anthony Davis approaches the game. Being a guy that played eight years in the league and had deep playoffs run, playoff runs with teams, there's that time in the end of the year that you have to take care of your body, all that pounding, the jumping, the running, especially when you've dealt with an array of injuries like Anthony has. You have to take time with your body, focus on your body, and that's what he's doing, picking up a basketball that usually happens in the middle of summer. You may do some spot shooting or whatever, but in terms of the pounding and the hard workouts and the grueling workouts on the court, that's usually pushed back towards the middle of summer. That's just a general NBA player's principle uh, just to get that time, your ba- body back feeling well, to get your body stronger in different areas. Uh, he goes on to say the court will come later. You have to have a functional body in order to be able to improve your uh, game on the court. So he's obviously going out of his way to defend AD. I mentioned it last week. I didn't make too much of it. I think Anthony Davis, we're uh, eventually going to get him. He'll be in his full workouts and everything else. We just want to see AD healthy. That's all. Just want to see an AD available. Um, people like to jump to conclusion. People like to sit back and say that, well, he's not committed. I'm sure there is, and J.J. Redick mentioned this last week, it's common for NBA players to rest their body after the season. But for the Lakers, and I think for Laker fans, none of this really means anything. AD will will either deliver on the floor and be one of the baddest big men in the NBA, or he won't. And there's no other way to describe it. I think that's where most Laker fans are with Anthony Davis. He'll either be available or he won't be available. So I don't think there's too much more after that. Um, I'm going to get into a lot of this stuff with Trevor Lane from Lakers Nation. Always appreciate having him on as a guest. He does fantastic work covering covering the Lakers. Trevor Lane coming up next. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Uh, Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. And just a quick reminder here, big shout-out here to Harris Resort SoCal, a fantastic partner of Lakers Talking on 710 ESPN. Things are heating up at Harris Resort SoCal. Head to Funner, California this summer to dine at the country's largest Hell's Kitchen uh, restaurant. Learn more at harrisso.com. Trevor Lane coming up next. Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. A man who needs no introduction, Trevor Lane, covers the Lakers for uh, uh, Lakers Nation, does a fantastic job doing it. You know, it's funny, Trev, I I find myself a lot of times just – Kicking back and listening to your YouTube videos and all the work that you do, bud, you do a fantastic job. So thanks for uh, taking the time to do this. Well, hey, thank you, Alan. I really appreciate that, and thank you for uh, for having me on. All right, so I'm going to start off with this because this has kind of been the story today, and I spent a little bit of time on it. Uh, Sham Sharania of The Athletic was reporting that the Nets potentially will not be able to reach, uh, if they can't reach an extension with Kyrie, then teams like the Lakers or the Clippers and the Knicks might have some interest. I, I want to, I want to just from a realistic perspective. Do do you think that's a realistic thing? Do you think I, I think if you said Al, hey, put your money on it. Do you think Kyrie Irving stays with the Brooklyn Nets? I would say that he there's a greater chance that that's where he stays. Um, however, if that didn't happen, and now you got you know him exploring and and the Lakers in the mix here. Do you think there would be an opportunity that this could be something that's truly realistic for the Lakers? Yeah, I agree with you. I think the most likely outcome is that he stays with with the Brooklyn Nets. And maybe this is all just a little bit of leverage negotiations and just kind of Kyrie making it known that he's got other options out there and that sort of thing. That could be what's going on here. But I also think when you look at, at this situation, if he does want to leave, yes, the Lakers make sense as a team that would be interested, particularly if there's something, you know, fans are already saying something around Russell Westbrook. If there's something that you can work out there, maybe you get a third team involved or, or something. But the big question really is, what does Kyrie want? You know, the Clippers, the Knicks, the, the Lakers, those might be three teams that are interested. I'm sure there'd be others. But where does he ultimately want to go? Because that's what's going to determine how the trade neg- negotiations go down because of where he's at with his contract he only has if he opts in which is what he needs to do in order for the lakers or the clippers to pull off a trade then he's got a little bit of power to say hey look i'll only opt in for these teams and i'll only stick around and sign an extension with these teams as well so he will have a major say in where he goes if ultimately that's the path we go down and so then the question becomes does he want to be a laker does he want to play with lebron james and then once you get past that stuff that's when the Lakers and the Nets can really start getting deeper into negotiations and figuring out how to make something work. I don't think there's much of, at least for me, it's not much of a conversation. I I got a chance to see what Russ, LeBron, and AD were last season. And even if people want to say, well, it wasn't a big enough sample size, I I thought it was big enough um, for myself personally. The conversation of taking Russ, pushing him to the side, and putting Kyrie there, um, I know Kyrie comes with a lot of baggage. I know Kyrie has only played a handful of games, uh, really probably less than 50% of the regular season games that, that, that he's had the opportunity with in Brooklyn. Um, I know that he, let's just say he's a very interesting player, and I don't know if the NBA is his top priority all the time, which he's got every right, do whatever he feels. But with all that being said, um, I think Kyrie, LeBron, and Anthony Davis – is a much different conversation than Russ, LeBron, and AD. What, what would you think if, if, if we were sitting here and training camp was about to start and Kyrie was a Laker? 
oh, I think you've got on paper a much better fit than than Russell Westbrook ever could be. And not and you know what? There's things that Darvin Ham can do. There's tweaks that he can make. There's things that Russell Westbrook can can be do can do. Some things that he's open to. But the shooting that Kyrie brings changes so much of the fit on the offensive end of the floor. Now, defensively, is he a great defender? No, but neither neither was Russell Westbrook. So you're getting such a big upgrade on one end of the floor there with Kyrie Irving. It would be a night and day difference in terms of the floor spacing the Lakers would have. It is it is a much, much easier sell in terms of putting those three players together because on paper, the fit is there. And on paper, the fit was never there with Russell Westbrook. It's um it's interesting because I think at this time of the year, this is when a lot of our conversations just, yeah, maybe these are stories that get a little bit more run now because you just never know. And like I said, Sham Sharani, the athletic, that's somebody that is does such a good job in his work, such a good job in breaking stories and everything else. To, to, to have the Lakers on that list as a potential suitor, that's why we're having the conversation. There was also a, a report over the weekend, Kevin O'Connor of the uh, of the Ringer, on a podcast, talked about how Bradley Beal, um, that the Lakers would like to try to make a run for Bradley Beal. By the way, this is a player that has also been tied to the Miami Heat, the Boston Celtics. He's also been very loyal to Washington. Um, I, I think there's this concept and this idea that right now you could say that you know some of the teams out there, they're not going out and trying to get a third superstar, that it's building a team with two superstars is a much better way to do it. Lakers won a championship a couple of years ago with that exact strategy. Where do you stand on that? Do you stand? Do you, would you rather have this Lakers team um, if they had the choice and the option have LeBron and AD as your foundation and then build the rest of the squad with role players like you did when you won the championship in 2020? Or do you feel well? No, no, no. Yeah, you can you can build the squad around LeBron and Anthony Davis, but if you got the right third star. Take the third star over, you know, some of these other role players. Where do you fall into that category? So I think that's the the perfect analysis there is in terms of we're looking at the Lakers now talking about Kyrie before talking about Bradley Beal. Are they going to go big game hunting with the Russell Westbrook contract expiring? And that's not what we initially thought. We thought they were going to try to divide up Russ's contract with some role players and go with that previous roster build that you were talking about. Two stars. And then a bunch of role players that fit in that being a better combination than three stars and a much weaker team the rest of the way, much less, less depth. And I think that I, I personally lean more towards the two-star model. I think that that is um, what we're seeing take hold in the NBA more and more. I think the Lakers helped to kick that off, ironically, when they won the championship in 2020, was to kick off this concept of two stars and a lot of depth and how powerful that can be. Um, that's not to say you can't win with the three-star model, but like you said, you have to have the right three stars. But personally, me, I, I feel more comfortable right now looking at the two stars and depth as more of a model that is forward-thinking and more of a model that reflects where the NBA is going in terms of needing continuity, needing all your players to be on the same page, needing everybody to have a very specific role. And that means putting a little bit more value in your role players than what you really can do with a three-star model. So I feel better going with the two stars and depth path, but I understand why it's probably in the Lakers DNA to continue to try to find a third star that fits with LeBron and AD. Trevor Lane covers the uh, Lakers uh, for Lakers nation, taking some time to join us here on Lakers talk. 
Um, Trev, there was a, there was an article. It was actually an interview. Darvin Ham was on with Rich Eisen. I was earlier in the show. I was talking about it, and he was talking about how Russ accepted the challenge. The he's challenged him, and Russ has accepted it, and kind of his vision of how to use Russ. And um, I remember a couple of weeks ago when they were doing the. Uh, uh, the press conference, uh, the introduction meeting for Darvin Ham, he talked about how he wanted to see Russ as a as an elite defender again. Um, I think Darvin Ham has the right mentality of if Russ is a part of this team and is on this roster, the best way of using him. I guess my question is, it's one thing to say what you want from a certain player. Do you think it's realistic? And, I, and I'm I'm throwing that back over to you because – do you see Russ as the player that Darvin Ham envisions? Do you see that as something that is actually realistic at this stage of his career? Or would you be more surprised that he's able to accomplish that if he's still on the team by come training camp? I think it's possible that Darvin Ham can produce a better version of Russell Westbrook next season than we saw last season. And maybe maybe that bar is a little bit low relative to expectations. I mean, let's not let's not act like Russ is just a terrible player or anything like that like he can still he can still produce out on the floor but can he ultimately be an asset for the Lakers on the floor can he be somebody that's going to help you win games consistently night in and night out and what role does he have to be in in order to do that I think that there's a good chance that he looks better than last season I think there's a good chance that he's going to buy in more to what Darvin Ham is saying than what he did with with Frank Vogel and Frank Vogel's system I think that Russell's contractual situation can be a factor there too. He knows he's only got one year left on this deal. He kind of has to prove that he can fit into the modern NBA. Uh, but I don't know how much of a difference it really makes. Like mm. even if Russell Westbrook does everything Darvin Ham tells him to, to the letter, is it enough to overcome the fact that on paper, the fit still doesn't make sense? Particularly if, if Darvin Ham's talking about running this four out one in offense, going with the, the coach bud offense, and that one in, it's, it's got to be Anthony Davis if he's going to be in that Giannis role. How does Russ be on the floor with that grouping? That's going to be a really difficult thing to overcome, even if Russell Westbrook is willing to do every little thing that Darvin Ham wants. Maybe we get to the point where it's Russell Westbrook off the bench is the best way to mitigate those concerns. But again, I just don't know if it moves the needle enough. I think he can get better. But I don't know if Russ being a little bit better and doing what, what Darvin Ham needs him to do is enough to push the Lakers to where they want to go. Trev, final one for you, and we appreciate you always coming on the show. Um, I, I was uh, I haven't got a chance to do this. I'm going to do this in the, uh, in the in the next segment here. But the Lakers, um, I think there was a little bit of relief Thursday night when the Boston Celtics did not get to championship number 18, and they were officially eliminated from the uh, the finals and the playoffs. Um, I thought you would feel probably similar to myself and other Laker fans out there. We could at least, if there's one thing we could take away from this year, we could breathe a sigh of relief and both squads are still tied at 17. Do you agree? Alan, the worst season in Lakers history, yes. which is what I've been calling this, did not end in the worst way possible. And that is would have been with the Celtics championship. So at least we've got that little silver lining on this this dark cloud of a 2021-2022 NBA season. We will uh, we will take that, Trev. The small little uh, hope and joy that we have from this season coming to a conclusion is that both, uh, both teams still have uh, 17 championships. Trev, thank you, buddy. I appreciate you coming on the show. Always enjoy your insight on the Lakers. 
Thank you so much for having me, Alan. Appreciate it. All right. That's Trevor Lane right there. Final thoughts coming up next, and I will give you my thoughts on the NBA uh, Finals and the Celtics not getting to uh, 17. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. All right, big shout out to Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. He's fantastic. I always, always love his work. He's all over everything on uh, on Lakers Nation. Always puts out great videos on YouTube as well. So I appreciate his time. Uh, so coming up this Thursday is the NBA draft. There's an article right now on SB Nation. Who should the Lakers target in the 2022 NBA draft? Um, if the Lakers are to buy a second round pick, what kind of player should they target? So obviously the Lakers not depending on the draft, uh, have given up a lot of their draft compensation over the last couple years so that they could be in a position to try to win. And unfortunately for the Lakers, they're in this weird spot where, you know, developing all these young players, that's not really the case. Um, That's not to say that they don't have some players with some opportunity like Austin Reeves and uh, a couple of these other guys, but it's not like they got these top five picks that are kicking back. Taylor Horn Tucker, Austin Reeves, those are really your two guys that you're focused on, maybe a Wenyan Gabriel. Um, but then on top of that, you're not in a position where you're in win now. You, you, you're trying to be in a win now mode, and it's going to take a lot to get back to a win now mode, but there's also going to have to be a lot of things that go your way. So the draft, unless the Lakers make some kind of move, will not have a pick on Thursday. Um I want to I want to do a couple things here as we come to a close of the show. I, I want to put a quick bow on the NBA Finals, and uh, you know Thursday night was the final. Um, the Golden State Warriors won in six against the Boston Celtics. If you guys listen to me on this show, I did mention I thought the Celtics would win the series, so I was wrong in that. And who would have thought that after the Celtics went up two games to one, they would come back and win? Um, three games in a row with the Warriors and kind of dominate. Um, And really what I'm referring to is obviously that game six, the way they played, the way they closed out game five. um, And they won their fourth championship in eight years. So a couple things come to mind, and they did have their parade earlier today. Love Draymond Green going after everybody. That's always entertaining. But a couple things come to mind. Number one, let uh, let me just say this real quick on the Celtics. I think that squad's going to be around for a little bit. They've got a good enough, young enough team, and if they make some moves, they they should be in the mix for a little while. Can I tell you what a relief it is, maybe I'm a child on this one, that the Celtics do not have 18 championships? Can I tell you what a relief it is to just know that the Lakers and the Celtics are still tied? Can I tell you what a relief it is that the Celtics only have won one championship in the last, what is it, 30-plus years, and I know that one was in 2008 against the Lakers, but, um, I mean, the Lakers have won three championships since 2008, so it just kind of shows, and that's not me even talking about the three championships that they won uh, with Shaq and Kobe days. We know what the Lakers have done 
um, in the more modern era of basketball, but it truly, truly is and was a relief that the Boston Celtics were not hanging up banner number 18. And I'm not, listen, I'm not a Warrior fan here, and I think you guys know that anytime a team starts dominating like they do, they're out here obviously on the West Coast. They're... um, um, Joe Lakeup has said they're kind of light years ahead of the rest of the NBA. They've had a tremendous amount of um, success, and it's not like I'm sitting back every day rooting for the Warriors because I'm not. The Bay Area, naturally, I think, um, you know, if you're a Laker fan, you're not rooting for the Golden State Warriors. But in a weird way, you had this kind of all storms collide, and even if I wanted neither of those teams to win, the fact that the Celtics did not get championship number 18 – I slept well this weekend. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, that's enough on the Boston side of things. Real quick on the Warriors. Damn. Talk about teams that should be around for a little bit. And if you're trying to compete with the Golden State Warriors and you're the Los Angeles Lakers, that's a class of the NBA. They won championships before Kevin Durant got there. They won two when Kevin Durant was there. And then they won another championship after KD left. They got four chips in the last eight years. They've been in the final six of the last eight years, and they've done it with a core of Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green, along with Steve Kerr. It's pretty damn impressive. Uh, it, it really, really is pretty damn impressive what they've done. And I just kind of find um, I find where the Lakers are today and where the Warriors are, and the Warriors still having so many young guys. Jordan Poole, and we didn't even get to see their big man all year, in uh, James Wiseman, and um, you know, we'll see what happens with Wigan, who's still Wigan's still under contract for another year, but they're not going anywhere. And it just, you know, you start looking at all these teams in the Western Conference and the class of the NBA right now being the Golden State Warriors, and you're looking up this mountain and saying, damn, how did the Lakers get up there? And that's a question for Palenka on the front office. I don't have an answer to it, but the Lakers obviously got some work to do. Odds for next year, the NBA, uh, right after the finals was over, the Warriors were 5-1 to one to win it again next year. Caesars Sportsbook. Where are the Lakers? Lakers are, I'm going to just go through the list. It's Warriors, Brooklyn, Boston, Milwaukee, Phoenix, Clippers, and then start going down the list uh, further to see where the Lakers are. I'm going to just look here on that list. They had Miami, Philly, Dallas, Memphis, and then the Los Angeles Lakers. So they're about 10th on that list, and that might be a little bit nice, to be honest with you. I don't know. We'll see what happens the rest of the offseason. Lakers are 22-1 to odds to win it all. If there's one thing we could look at this year, at least the Lakers um, are not the – what were they last season? Vegas had them as the second greatest odds to win it all. Obviously, that's not the case. So Lakers kind of a little bit will be behind the radar going into this next season. All right. That comes to the end of the show. I appreciate all Laker fans taking some time to tune into the show. Just remember, you could always catch Lakers Talk on the podcast, ESPN app or on iTunes, or just download the ESPN LA app. It's right there. We'll continue to put content on there. LA, thank you very much for tuning in. As always, have a great rest of your night.